You're listening to the Second Breaks Podcast, episode number 68. Now, this episode is for working parents, and I know there's a lot of you out there. We're talking about how to maximize your time with your baby. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Second Breaks Podcast. Now, if you're new to the show, just a little bit of introduction. My name is Lou Blazer. I am your host and I'm a career pivot mentor. And in this weekly podcast, we explore all the ways that we can make a career move in today's fast changing world. Now, if you are a regular listener and a friend of the pod, thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate that I get to be a part of your life for a few minutes each week. Now, today's episode is specifically for parents who are balancing a career with new parenting responsibilities. Now, full disclosure, I haven't got any kids, but I've got nephews and nieces and, of course, friends and colleagues who are working parents. And although I have never experienced the joys of parenthood myself, I have seen and heard of stories and can certainly empathize with the challenge of maintaining a career when all you want is to be a good parent and be there for your new baby as he grows or as she grows and become the little person that you love. Now, my guest today, Ayelet Marinovich, is a pediatric speech-language pathologist who works with families, with infants and toddlers. She's also the founder of Strength in Words, which is a podcast, an educational resource, and a community. I asked Ayelet to join me on the show because I know that many of the listeners of the show are new parents who are, like I said earlier, balancing their career with the new responsibilities and a desire to be good parents. In this episode, Ayelet and I talk about the common misconceptions new parents have about how their babies learn and play, which can help alleviate those guilty feelings about the time that you spend with your baby. Ayelet shares specific activities that you can do to maximize the limited time you spend with your infant or toddler. We rant (laughs) a little bit about the impossible standards that are being promoted through social media like Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest. And we also talk about the reality about those educational apps and toys and video games that are so popular as tools for engaging and teaching our babies. Now, before I transition to my chat with Ayelet, I want to invite you to download the Career Pivot Guide, and the title probably says it all. The Career Pivot Guide will help you plan your next steps in your career. In it, I outline five strategies that work in today's fast-changing world, so you can plan your career and take action, confident that you have covered the bases. So if you've been thinking about making a career move or making a change, but you've been having a hard time kind of getting it started, then the Career Pivot Guide will definitely help you out. You can download the Career Pivot Guide when you go to the show notes, which for this episode is secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 68. Okie dokie, let's switch now to my conversation with Ayelet. Hello Ayelet, welcome to Second Breaks. Thank you so much for joining me today. 
Thank you so much for having me, Lou. It's a great time to be here. Yes, I am so excited to be having this chat with you. Now,、uh, just to kind of set us up a little bit, would you mind so much giving us a little bit of the background, your background, and really sort of like how did you get to do this thing that you do today? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So. I am by trade. I am a pediatric speech language pathologist, and what that means for me, because my field is actually a huge field,、um, is that I work primarily with、uh, families with infants and toddlers. And I say the the family because when we work with infants and toddlers, of course, we are doing a whole lot of parent education. I、uh, I've been working with early communicators、uh, for the entirety of my career,、uh, and that sort of early communication piece is my jam. I love working with tiny people, and I love that parent education piece. And then I had my own children, <laughs> and I realized, oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> like. It really, really was jarring for me because I knew already a lot of the sort of developmental stuff, right? That was something that I, I had always,、uh, at least academically, known and understood, and I thought myself to be like a really good parent educator. And then I realized how much more depth there was to what I could be doing.、Um, <laughs> to support. To support parents、uh, and caregivers, and then、um, I was living in London at the time. My husband and I had our baby in in the UK, and we are obviously American, as you can tell from my accent.、Uh, and and I just I wanted to sort of start to create community. I wanted to help.、Uh, I, I wanted to to feel supported around me with other parents and caregivers, and I wanted to at least impart the information and you know wisdom that I had about how to play with a baby because that was an area that I didn't feel vulnerable. I didn't. I did feel confident, whereas I I could see and I knew from being around other parents and caregivers with tiny people. That that was a real、uh, challenge for many, many parents, new parents. So I started basically these like live classes out of my home, and they were part, you know,、uh, parent uh, baby uh, music class, part developmental discussion, part just mommy and me support, and it was wonderful. We had moms, we had dads, we had nannies, we had grandparents.、Uh, Sometimes all at once, it was just a really special thing, and I just, I just took this information that I sort of already had, and that I could feel actually very like knowledgeable about, which helped me in my own you know, to be to feel like a you know quote unquote good mom, and and it was so reinforcing to hear from parents like this is super information like so useful. I had no idea. What I didn't know, but I knew I wanted to know this, and from there I started a podcast because I didn't know, you know, I, I knew I wanted to create an empire, but <laughs> exactly. So, so I started the Strength in Words podcast, and I've been doing that since 
2015 or 16. And uh, it's grown from there. Um, so now I have a reach of, you know, families all over the world. I, I, interestingly enough, I have a lot of other professionals working with young families in my audience. Um, and also many families or many, uh, say, therapists, for instance, who are now having their first child and are like, oh, wait, I thought I knew stuff. I need reinforcement. <laughs> so, so that's really great. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, I'm just curious when you when you were back in London and you started doing the you know the cl- the initial classes, were were you just experimenting or were you following like a oh somebody was doing it this way or were, was it just really just experimentation? I, yeah, it was it was definitely an experiment. I was really just trying to make friends. I was like bri- bribing people to come and be friends with me and spend time so that it wouldn't be so lonely and isolating, which it does tend to be in those exactly. early days. So. I love hearing stories like that of people like how they would like they have a skill in this particular thing and then they would just try out different things and <laughs> I love sorry, I digress. Yeah, no, it's great. And then out of that is a new new thing, like a new career path, quote unquote, right? right? <laughs> something out of nothing essentially. And I definitely like I asked them what what did they like about it or what did they want more of? And then built it from there as well. Uh and then that information and I and and sort of curriculum, quote unquote, developed into, um, you know, different things that I've created as far as resources uh, through Strength and Words. So, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so um, diving into a little bit about, you know, one of the areas that I know that you work on, you know, I certainly have worked with professional women or women who are working who are also becoming new moms or new parents and they're trying to balance having a career or having working, but and also being a good mom or a good parent to their kids. I'm sure you've encountered this many times. And are there common sort of challenges or misconceptions that women women may have about parenting that we could talk about? Yeah, and I I mean I certainly think that women have them, but I don't think that they're at all exclusive to women for sure. Uh, but I do think that in general, uh, we, okay, first of all, like we forget what we are very separated from what play is with a, with a tiny person, a tiny human, right? Like our conception of play is this very generally very adult version of like very, uh, you know, logical and linear, right? So like books are for reading, you read it from front to back or back to front as the case may be, or blocks are for stacking. And like, this is what you do with this object. So when you have a baby who's just starting to say reach and grasp things, or takes a book and mouths that book, uh, and doesn't have a very long attention span or can't, you know, I mean, we are like, I don't know what to do with this thing. Like, (laughs) What does play look like with an infant or even a a young toddler, Mm. especially since toddlers are not known for their ability to 
you know, take turns and share things and follow rules, right? That's not what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be challenging all of those things. That's how they learn about the world. So how do we play with tiny people? Uh, We have to get down on their level and follow what they're doing. That's all. (laughs) And so it's, it's this total, uh, I think, redirection of our own, how we are conceiving of what, what we're quote unquote supposed to be doing. And I think a lot of times we start from the question of what do I need to get to stimulate my baby's brain and help support her development? You know, what are the things, what are the toys that will do that? And it's actually a total reframing because it's not about, it doesn't matter what you're playing with actually. It's about the interaction. It's babies, infants and toddlers learn through observation, interaction with another human being and, and imitation. So if they're doing like, you could be playing with, a, you know, you can go out and grab and purchase the like beautifully, you know, organically stained wooden shaker or drum, but the like developmental benefit of that drum versus the laundry basket that's sitting in your house is exactly the same. I'm so glad that you said it because I could just imagine like somebody who's like coming home from work and only have so much time and then they were looking at the kid and I'm like oh my god why isn't I just bought this nice thing why isn't he engaging with this toy the way that I want him to engage or I think he should should engage with the toy and then I think the other thing and that is happening and I certainly have seen this even in in my family is that you know we have all these uh I guess the the impact of tools like Pinterest and Instagram is that we are inundated with beautiful pictures of moms on how they're doing with their kids and how their kitchen is pretty and how you know the kids are always clean and how their yeah. nurseries <laughs> are always beautiful and and I'm I'm sensing that there is this I want to be a good person at work and I also want to be this perfect mom at home and the ideals are based on Pinterest ready and Instagram ready pictures yes absolutely and we're the worst at judging ourselves and comparing ourselves to others. And of course that doesn't stop when at at us, it also like what our children are doing is also reflective of us. Right. So (laughs) it's, it's an impossible standard also to live up to, of course. Right. Like you flip through (laughs) Instagram photos, for instance, because I think this is like such a good example right now Uh, Pinterest is equally, you know, it's the same. And of course, Facebook, all of the social media is the same. We curate the Jesus out of it. Right, right? exactly. You curate the out of your feeds, right? I mean, you are not, most likely you're not showing the tantrum that that followed, you know, the beautiful like family dinner that you're having, right? Or like you're sh- you're showing the child sitting at his table, but you're not showing like everything on the floor, right? I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> we also are living in this period in which motherhood, parenthood is 
portrayed at either end of the spectrum. Either it's this like, everything is beautiful. Motherhood is miraculous. I am so bonded to my baby from the minute I felt him kick or before that, you know, I mean, and like I'm uh, breastfeeding was perfect and I, I feel amazing all the time and I'm glowing and my hair never fell out. Right. Or you hear about like just the like incredibly difficult things that can happen or like it's so isolating. I'm so depressed. I'm so exhausted. Like it's either of those things when in reality, just like everything else, it's all of those things all the time, sometimes from one minute to the next. Right. I mean, like no moment is without both of those uh, polar opposites. So, yes, I think there's absolutely the pressure and it's really hard and it's impossible because we pretend that that's reality when absolutely it's not. It's it's everything. <laughs> I had a friend when I was still living in New York and uh, she had a baby. So they were living in the city. And so, of course, in the city, you had to get on a waiting list to get into this you know preschool I'm sure it's like that where you are too but anyway she would tell me how sometimes she feels so guilty because so she was a working mom right so she she had her nine to five and then you know but she would feel so guilty because sometimes there's comp she feels as if there's competition amongst the other moms in the daycare center and then they would compare the development of their kids and she would feel so horrible that her kid's not there yet. Yeah. And I mean, and here's the, like the only alleviation that we can get from that is by having an understanding of where our babies can or should be with regard to any part of that development and how to, to stimulate that, how to support it. And then the answer really is in the things that you are already doing. It's like, the caregiving routines that you are performing, whether or not you work, you're most likely seeing your baby at least once a day, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's in the morning and or in the evening, hopefully you're around for one of the following things, right? A waking up routine, right? You can get your baby out of the bed, go to the window, have a routine or a ritual that's like going to the window and saying hello to the sun or singing a song and like, hello, it's a very basic like hello song or whatever it is, like what's the weather? Like if you do that thing every day, then you're teaching your baby about language. Uh, you're creating a pattern and a sequence of events that's within the realm of cognition. You're holding your baby in a certain way and perhaps moving and helping them reach or whatever it is that they're doing, this motor development. And you're supporting social and emotional development by interacting with you. Boom. Mm -hmm. Okay, done. Mm -hmm. That's it. Great. Mm -hmm. one, one tiny moment that probably lasted maybe two minutes, right? At the very most. <laughs> uh, and then other caregiving routines that maybe happen throughout the day, of course, diaper changes, uh, bathing perhaps, or washing of some kind, whether it's like a full bath or like wiping your face, right? Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> Uh, nursing or feeding or bottle or whatever it is that baby's doing at that, like whether or not they're on solids or whether they're on the boob or a bottle, uh, uh, you know, what else? Um, dr getting dressed, getting undressed and, you know, going to bed. All of those mm -hmm. things happen pretty much at least every day, at least once a day. 
And if we maximize those tiny moments, then we are supporting and connecting with our babies in these very valuable ways, supporting all areas of development and maximizing that time. Of course, we want more. We always, well, we don't always want more. <laughs> Depends. But like, I mean, here's the thing, whether or whether you work full time or home is your work or it's somewhere in between, it's not like a stay at home mom or dad is spending all of their time staring at the baby either, right? Like you got to get done. You got to get true. done. You go grocery shopping, you go to the bank, you go to the whatever. Like you have to get your work and your life done. So we're all trying to fit that sort of connection piece in amidst the the duties of real life. That is so true. And so instead of feeling guilty that you're spending six, seven, eight hours at work is maximizing those times that you are actually with your baby or with your kid. That's so good. When I was growing up, it was like, you know, Sesame Street, like TV sure. shows like that, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, nowadays there are things like YouTube or, you know, things like that. Apparently there are uh, YouTube videos that sound like they're for kids, but they're not really very good videos for kids, but they're being built as kid, yeah. kid yeah. videos Kid-friendly, or yeah. kid-friendly. So between that and the video games that are now all over the place. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I don't know, this may be a controversial question to ask you, but um, how effective were those? Or should we be staying away from those? Sure. But I could understand for the for the mom or the dad who's very busy and just got mm -hmm. back from work. Can I just sit my kid in front of the YouTube channel and be done with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yes, there's a lot to unpack in there. And there, uh, one thing that I want to be very clear about is you do you like you have to get your life done <laughs> and whatever way that works for you to do that, do it. What I see as a clinician and as a parent educator is basically this misconception that uh, educational, quote unquote, educational apps or screens or even like button pushing, uh, noise making toys that are mm. often billed as learning activities and learning toys. And, you know, your baby will learn about categories and colors and animals and da da da. Like, right? I mean, here's what. Okay, first of all, a, a button pushing toy teaches one thing and one thing only, cause and effect. If a baby pushes a button, something happens. That's how they learn how to do that. Now, you can learn cause and effect by many other things, including things like gravity, right? Experiments in gravity. If I take this piece of food and throw it on the ground, my mom will pick it up. That's also cause and effect, right? So you, so like that one thing that those toys teach can be and will be learned in many other ways. <laughs> um, now, uh, the other thing is with things like screens and those like educational apps or toys or videos. So there is a sort of a theory of, I believe it's called like transference, uh, transference of learning, mm. uh, where essentially like can kids under the age of say two or three learn and transfer, can they acquire language through looking at say a two dimensional picture of a ball, right? 
And this is like, you know, if there's a ball bouncing up and down and there's a character or a voice saying, ball, ball, throw the ball, catch the ball, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if that child has no direct experience with a three-dimensional ball playing with their caregiver or in their environment, they are not going to learn a word. They are not going to acquire vocabulary that they have no contextual learning and contextual experience with. Now, maybe over a period of time, maybe, and especially after a certain age, yes. But if we're looking for efficiency, right, and effectiveness, that's not the most effective way to teach your baby anything. <laughs> um, they're, I mean, if, if the baby knows the word ball, then they can receptively or comprehensive, comprehendingly recognize that that is a ball on the screen, potentially. But they're not going to learn the, the new skill from the screen. So I think the misconception is that, oh, these educational apps and videos, like they're great for my kid and they're going to teach them new skills. Well, that's actually not true. Now. Are you going to hurt your baby's brain by sitting him in front of the TV while you make dinner or whatever? No, <laughs> he's going to be fine. Just make sure that you're also doing the other stuff, right? Also interacting, also providing opportunities for your baby to imitate and play and have actual physical learning experiences with that stuff. Um, and that's, that's sort of the difference. Oh, there's another point I was going to make and now I can't forget. You can't remember. Don't, don't completely outsource it to the app. Right. Yeah. And this, you know, when we talk about like baby screen babysitting, well, yeah, like, but, but they're not like, <laughs> hopefully a babysitter would do more than that. But you know, sometimes here's the thing, like when you go to a park in the middle of the day or a playground and you see a lot of the nannies are on their phones parents are on their phones like I get it we all need some time I do it too but I also make sure to engage with my child as well um because what what they learn is through imitation so if you are on your phone and showing your child if they're trying to get your attention that the phone is more important then they're going to learn that the phone is more important and they're going to mm -hmm. be even more curious about it and they're going to be more obsessed with it when they have the chance to uh, engage with it. So that's, that's sort of the, the piece. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's a really, because uh, what we're talking about is efficiency and maximizing our time. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that's not the most effective way. I have a I have a, a a girlfriend who tells me she works from home, and she says that. And I think her daughter is I want to say under three years old, or certainly definitely under five. But uh, she says that uh, instead of she made sure that she has a workspace that the, she only does the work in that workspace, and she doesn't like be in the living room playing with a kid and then working. So what she does is that she, it's a, it's almost like she says she she hopes that she's training her kid that when mommy goes in that room, mommy has to work for a little bit, but when mommy comes out, mommy will be with you one hundred percent. Something like That's that. That's awesome. Yeah. I wish I was better at that <laughs> all of the time. Like you know, nobody's perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's awesome. That's a great way to do it. 
she was telling me how she ended up becoming more organized after she had the baby because before the baby she was all over the place her entire <laughs> apartment was work but after the baby that's when she did that she's like i had to like put a like a container for the work and so that that's the baby awesome. does yeah something along those lines yeah but yeah so can you talk Ayelet, a little bit about the work that you do and how you actually help parents and how how do you actually do the work <laughs> sure so I have a podcast. Basically, the Strength in Words podcast uh, is all about, really, it's about all things early childhood and all things early parenthood um, so that we can feel more supported and uh, like we're less isolated. I also have a community, which is the Strength in Words Community Lab, which is currently a free community. And it we you can... Uh, attend those podcast interviews live. And then we break out for a, a Q&A workshop, which is really nice because then you can have direct access to these people or ask your own questions. And I think that's really been valuable to my community members. Um, and because for especially families who work, um, it's not always easy yes. to, you know, make mom friends or even access other parents and have that time to sort of, you know, engage with other families and ask those questions or share experiences, whatever it is. So having access to that on uh, in a safe, inclusive, diverse and uh, positive uh, environment is is great. Um, I also have a number of other resources that I provide, I have uh, a book called Understanding Your Baby, which is a week-by-week -week development and activity guide for playing with your baby from birth to 12 months. So it's literally like a page each, each you know, week is like, a, here's a couple of things about what your baby might be working on developmentally, whether it's cognitively, communication, motor or sensory or social and emotional development. And here is what you can do with stuff that's already in your home or attached to you, uh, like your fingers and your face, that you can do to actually specifically support that area of development. And that you don't have to go in and spend thousands and thousands of dollars to buy. Yes, right, exactly. You actually, all you have to do is buy the book. Um, <laughs> And then I also, I have, uh, what I'm doing now is I'm about to release, and by the time this podcast is released, I will be releasing uh, my recipes for play for infants birth to 12 months, which is a digital uh, set of handouts that you can either keep and print out and or share with a caregiver who, for instance, is working with your kiddo or who, who is home with your kiddo while you're at work. Uh, or you can put it up and, and have it on your refrigerator. Be and part of that is because like, we don't always think to look at a book. There's like this weird barrier, but especially in those early like days and months where you're like, a ah, book is too overwhelming. And like, if you have a one pager that summarizes like the materials you need, which again are often attached to you or like right around you, in your kitchen, for instance, because we all know babies love kitchen items. Um, and then like instructions, what what you might do, and then the developmental impact of that activity, and a few sample scripts of like getting you started. Like, what should I actually say? I don't know. 
Oh, that's good. I mean, it's perfect. Like yeah. you call it recipe, but it's exactly it. yeah. <laughs> so it's one thing that you can do either today or that you want to aim to get done this week with your baby. That's that's split into like it says the area of development. It talks about what age range it's you know most appropriate for. But this we're talking about developmental age and and like that's why it's also great for kiddos who are not perhaps developing along a quote unquote typical trajectory, right? Like the the age range is just for you to sort of get a good sense of, you know, what, what you might do when, but you can do these anytime. It's just a matter of what setting your own expectation for what might be happening and what your child might be doing. Um, and, and helping families recognize that like, for instance, early literacy experiences can also include mouthing a book. Like, <laughs> that's early literacy. That's fine. <laughs> and musical experiences don't mean that you have to be able to sing perfectly on pitch or even know the all the words to a song. Like, make them up. Or, you know, your baby doesn't, like, your baby doesn't care what you sound like. They are not a discerning connoisseur of music. They equate your voice with comfort and security, hopefully, right? I mean, like, that's, that's it. So, and like a musical experience doesn't even mean you have to sing, like play some music and tap along on, the, on their body to the rhythm or dance. Like, that's it. It's so simple. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And get rid of this per perfect image of everything beautiful and perfect. Oh, my God. That's so great. I love that. All right. So, Ayala, where can people find you online? So, um, strengthinwords.com, I think, yep. is your home right. away from yeah. home on the interwebs. That's right. Yeah. And um, your podcast is? Strength in Words. And you can find that on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and anywhere you like to consume podcasts. Gotcha. And can can they also find you on, um, where do you hang out? Facebook or Instagram? Or where, can, where do you hang out? Yeah. I'm really into Instagram these days because I'm trying to demystify that, <laughs> that, that like Instagram worthy thing. Um, so I end up, uh, you know, showing lots of pictures of what I'm actually doing with my kids. Right. Um, or what I'm actually doing when I'm not with my kids. <laughs> um, and yeah, so Instagram and Facebook is, is where I hang out mostly. And, yeah. and you mentioned the group earlier. Can anybody join the group? Yes. Yeah. It's just community.strengthenwords.com. You can also just go to strengthenwords.com and find it there as well. But yeah. This is awesome. Ayala, thank you so much for joining me. I've been wanting to have you um, on the show, as you know, for a while, because I know that uh, some of the people who are listening to me are professional women like moms. Yeah. Right. And so this is going to be very helpful. So thank you so much for sharing your insight and your expertise. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank Blue. Cool beans. So that's what I have for you for today's episode. I hope you found this useful. As always, I would love to hear from you. You can send me a note or a direct message and let me know what you're doing while you're listening to the show or, of course, anything else that you would like to share or ask. You could email me, lou at secondbreaks.com or you can direct message me on Instagram and on Instagram, you can find me at secondbreaks. Now, my friend, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, 
Why again? Haven't you subscribed? <laughs> now, kidding aside, this is a good time to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the future episodes because there is a new episode that drops every Thursday to help you make that career move that will lead you to the career that you want, that helps you make the impact that you want to make and supports the life that you want to live. One more time, the show notes where you will find out more about Yelit Marinovich, Strength and Words, and the link for the Career Pivot Guide is secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 68. That's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and being with me for a few minutes today. I cannot wait to chat with you again next week. In the meanwhile, keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. <laughs>